Welcome to the HR Uprising podcast. This podcast series explores HR hot topics and challenges through conversations with relevant experts and real-life HR learning and OD professionals. The HR Uprising is about learning through collaboration and evidence-based action. We want colleagues to have the confidence and skills to rise up through their organizations by delivering real, lasting business value. Now, introducing your host, chartered psychologist, experienced change agent, entrepreneur, speaker, and coach, Lucinda Carney. Hello there, this is Lucinda Carney from the HR Uprising podcast. And this week, I'm going to be running a conversation with a lady that I've known for 10 years. We set up our business around almost exactly the same time, actually. Um, And her name is Bina Briggs. So Bina runs Plain Talking HR, an HR consultancy, and I'll let you explain a little bit more in a moment, Bina, about what that is. Um, but the purpose I felt of running this podcast, I thought it would be quite an interesting one from the point of view that many HR people want to make a move into independent consultancy. Yeah. And obviously, you've made a success of that Thank over you. the last 10 years. Um, and so I'm sure there are tips that you found along the way that you might do differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, there might be ways in which HR professionals might choose to use a consultancy like yours. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I guess that's that's the angle that we felt might be relevant sure. to this audience. Okay. So I suppose just starting off, Bean, if you want to just give us a little bit of background about yeah. you and, and, and Plain Talkie HR. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, Lucinda. Well, it's a really lovely surprise, first of all, for you wanting me to be here as, as your interviewee. Um, so talking about, and yeah, we go back a long time. And yeah. I do remember. Taught me how to use Twitter. And I do remember <laughs> us doing that. Um, yeah. I started this business, or part of the business, uh, 10 years ago. Prior to that, I was head of HR at London Luton Airport. So all I knew was the corporate world, nothing else. Yes. And that was it. And then things changed, and I came out of the corporate, and I joined Bronwyn Philpott, who also was, at the time, just before I left the company, uh, she was the head of HR for Monarch Airlines and Monarch uh, Engineering. And so for us, um, and we had known each other for, for a number of years as opposite numbers. And so I kind of bumped into her at a, a I think it was some uh, seminar thing at Barnfield College. And she seemed a bit surprised that she was dressed fairly casually, which... We used to be all suited. So the shift from corporate. Uh, we, we used to be all suited and booted, you know, yes. <laughs> yeah. at the corporate. So it, it was kind of a surprise. And then I just asked her and she said, oh, I'm leaving and I'm all that. And so she said, I'm starting a company called Plain Talking HR. I haven't started trading yet and I'm going to go off on holiday. I need that before I do anything else. So I said, oh, that's interesting, etc. So... Um, I left the company, uh, my company, uh, around uh, about two months after she'd left hers. So I asked her, while she was in Australia on holiday, said, you know, how about us having a chat? Because I just didn't feel like going back into the corporate world um, due, due to a number of circumstances. So I just thought, no, that sounds really... Absolutely new. To be honest, I had never thought that I would be a consultant. Yes. That's, that's the honest truth. Right. Because you'd, I'd been in the corporate world for so long that I thought this was it, yes. you know. And so, so you only ever thought about yourself as being in-house. In-house, HR. always, always in-house, head of HR for London Luton Airport, been there for a long time, had done, you know, seen the growth of the company from where it had only 
of 1 million passengers a year to about uh, 10 million. And, um, and, you know, all the developments you've seen at the airport, and that was at the time, basically all of that, it, it was during my time where the growth was from something like between 40 to 43% year on year. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Is and and all the new things that you've seen, and I mean, now people take it for granted, but, you know, uh, so it's a real transformation and all time, that, yeah. a whole transformation of everything. So... I was part of that. So realistically, you know, so when I said to Bronwyn, um, shall, we, shall we join forces? And she she was of the same mindset, thinking, oh, gosh, you know, she was on the head of HR for 2,000 people and suddenly on her own um, starting this company. And she thought, yeah, I think that would be great. To work in partnership to with somebody. To work as partnership. So we, we started off the partnership in April 2009. And, you know, we were quite naive in a way but at the same time we did have a coach and the business coach who actually pointed us in the right direction about doing a business plan and a strategy and social media back in 2009 two things she said to us first of all network like hell yeah just network network yeah. network to get yourselves known because mm-hmm. nobody knows you in, outside of your company. The Everyone knows you in your company. In a, no you're in a outside. bubble. Mm-hmm. You're in a bubble. See, nobody will know you and there's a whole lot of stuff that goes on underneath. And she was so right. And the other thing was she said, social media. Yeah. Get on Twitter Early. now and LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook when you do your own Facebook page. But it was all about, as she said, go on Twitter. That's one of the best things you can do. Bronwyn wasn't quite kind of, you know, I mean, she was okay, but she wasn't very comfortable with it. Yeah, you've always been very natural with it, haven't you? And I just took took to it. And it was just, it's been great. Mm. And for me, um, going back to, you know, the HR and all that, I found that I found the HR community on Twitter and it's been fantastic. And, you know, some of the people I've known there now, uh, like Kate, um, KGL, Mervyn, yeah. uh, Doug, you know, you name really it. Really active so community, isn't community, it? And very friendly so community. So many people on Sportive. there. And, you know, it's, it's been like, you know, with tweet ups and all that and the face to face. And it's so continued. You, so would you say then one of the things that was, although your business coach was saying, go on Twitter, um, to grow your business, you also by building your network, you've, it was a support network because it can be quite isolating, can't it? Working exactly, exactly. And it was just uh, Bronwyn and myself at the yeah. beginning. And obviously, you know, as times moved on, Bronwyn retired two years ago. The business is mine, and I've taken it further, and so on. Uh, but all the time, you know, one of the things that we did was obviously the networking helped. Yeah. Uh, to bring in the business and, you know, get our, ourselves known and with our branding and so on. And the black and white with the orange and, you know, the orange. And everybody knows me with the orange. Yeah. And in the beginning, people used to say, oh, yeah, you know, it's it's the big orange company up on the hill, e- EasyJet. And I said, well, actually, I'm not EasyJet. And number two, EasyJet doesn't have the right to the color orange. No. You know? <laughs> They they haven't patented it to say it's theirs. So, but know, it's having your identity. That's like mine's purple. It was our identity. Yeah. And one of the things that happened was that we decided that having been in corporate, it was very difficult to then think because we were all corporate minded and branding and you know 
what you stood for. And we thought, how are people going to find us? How are we going to stand out in a crowd? If you're in a group of people in, in a networking event or somewhere, and you know, there's something, this has to be a hook that people will remember you by. Yeah. And we didn't want a uniform or anything like that and so on. So we thought, right, let's play on the branding that we've got with black and white, with orange as our, our, our colours and our logo and so on. And then we realised that actually those are the colours of Luton Town Football Club as well. It kind of clicked, <laughs> you know. And so the whole thing came together very well. And we just thought, well, if it's black. So would you wear those colours when you went out to, you know, networking events? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, either it's an orange scarf or yes. an, usually, because I love scarves. So it became quite an easy thing to do because you do black and white anyway with, you know, corporate suits or yes. dresses or whatever. And just add an, a splash of orange somewhere. And then it was very easy to say to somebody to say, look, okay, if you're not, if you haven't met them on, you know, before, you just say, Oh, by the way, just look for an orange scarf when I'm there, and that would be me. And quite no, likely... Yeah. And then, quite... so you had the chat, yeah, I can see how that would work. Especially, I mean, at the sort of local events, which would be, I would have thought, your core market, so yeah, the Federation yeah, of exactly. Small Businesses or the various uh, type yeah. of things, so yeah, being yeah. visible is great. So you're saying it was a, it was thinking about it, because I don't know that everyone thinks about that. So you thought about no, no, your, your brand, thought about your website thought about how you're going to look and how you're going to be identified and you um, identified that networking for both support and for um, it, new customers. Yeah, and I think being a, an HR consultant is a really different ball game to being in the corporate world, you know. So you have to think about all the different things that um, brings it all together as you as a business. And for me and for us, uh, it, it has continued with me being on my own now and I have got a support team. One of the things that we, we've learned, I've learned that the best thing you could do is outsource everything that you don't, you're not good at yeah. and you don't need to do. Yeah. And accounts you, or whatever that might be. Accounts, yeah. bookkeeping, yeah. marketing, uh, sales. Yeah. Uh, a website or whatever it is that you know your admin and that's quite hard when you're a small business isn't it It because you're spending money on stuff but then it's but the thing is you know the 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 mindset is that you have to look at your hourly rate and and you look and that's the easiest way I've learned to say my hourly rate is x I am paying if I was to get a an admin person in I will pay them, say for argument's sake, I don't know, twenty pounds an hour. My hourly rate is not twenty pounds an hour yep. to my clients yep. or any activity Absolutely. that I carry out. Yep. So automatically, if I am I going to spend that one hour doing admin or should I be doing concentrating on business and developing the business? Yes. And, value, as and it's just it's valuing, value. valuing yourself, valuing and, your time. And number one. Number two is also um, do what you're good at and leave the rest to people who are good at that, mm. you know. And, and that means that automatically I, I started doing the business development and, you know, I know it's a cliche, work on your business rather than in your business. Yeah. And a lot of the smaller businesses like me don't get that at the beginning. And yeah, okay. You might have to do a lot of slog and a lot of yeah. work yourself on a number of things at the beginning, but you need to let go as soon as possible. Have that mindset to say, 
when I get so much money or X amount of money, I'm going to outsource that bit and I'm going to outsource that bit. Yeah. And so you're freeing yourself from all the things that you don't need to do. You're not good at doing them. And then concentrate on what you really are A, good at and you should be doing. Yes. And, and that's how it goes. Completely. Um, and then you'll build your business faster because exactly, you're doing the stuff you're good at exactly, and you're enjoying exactly. you deliver more. And but it's very hard, isn't it, in the early stages because you are um, almost juggling. You kind of work between exactly. in the business, on the business. And, 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 it, and, and we did that and I think everybody does that. Um, the other thing that I found was, again, obviously, the two areas of social media and HR especially. The HR community has helped me a lot because, you know, A, to keep up with what's going on in the HR, in, in the HR world, uh, looking at all the events that are happening and so on and so forth. Yeah. I know I don't attend some of the ones that I should be, but again, I keep looking at what's going on on the social media so I can see, connecting with people, having conversations with people. And the other thing is about networking. How do you choose which ones to go on? Actually, I was going to say in terms yeah, of this yeah, yeah. How do you choose which events to go on to? Okay, uh, depending on um, the time event. and cost is not unlimited, is it? Yeah. Um, well, the cost is number one. Mm. But number two is more importantly, what am I going to learn from it? Mm. If it is a an HR community business, then I feel that it's more of a connection and knowing the people and understanding what they're doing and sharing the knowledge and learning from them. Yeah. So I'd much rather go to that uh, because it's part of me and, and my learning community. Learning from others, yes. And learning from yeah. others. And it's camaraderie mm-hmm. as well. You know, you feel you belong somewhere. Yes. When it is a networking event purely for business, then I would look at a, um, you know, what kind of event it is, number one. Number two, who, the kind of people who are going to be there. Yeah. Does it really conflict with anything and everything? Is it a one-off or is it like a series? So, I mean, I belong to a number of organizations, networking organizations, business organizations. So there's always events that they hold, um, like the Chamber. You know, they've been fantastic. Yes. And, you know, a couple of the other networking organizations. So, Again, it is a case of knowing, you know, you can't network all the time. Obviously, in the beginning, we had to, to get ourselves promoted and out there in front of people. But now, it's a case of what's going to, A, pay me, B, what am I going to gain from it? How how long is going to take me to get there and back? And it's the time. Definitely. And can I I kind of spend that time more wisely somewhere else? Absolutely. And and again, because you are networking through social media as well, you can fit that in and around. Yeah. Whereas actually physically going places is is less flexible, isn't it? Exactly. And so being... And the other thing that I think you wanted to know was about being an HR consultant, yeah. how does it work, yes. and as, as being on your own. It is different, but at the same time, it's exciting. It's very exciting because I know that the, number, the, the clients we have, and they will, most of them come through networking, most of them come through referrals, and then repeat referrals and so on. So, you know, the kind of work I do, I do retainers, I do ad hoc, I do projects, you know, whatever whether it is just the clients or uh, other HR providers, and they ask me to go and help them out. So that when you said that, so it's a retained, I think, so you'd be the retained on-hand sort of, of person. So the retained are the ones who would be my clients, and they pay me on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. and this is just They continuous. draw you when they need, uh, need and, you. And it's basically, I'm the HR department from start to finish. Yeah. So anything they need and everything they need, 
instead of when you are in a large company and you pick up the phone to the yeah. HR department or, you know, depending what you want, whether it's the HR head of HR or the business partner or the director or whatever. Which is it closer to? Because obviously a lot of the audience on here would be in a corporate, let's say, a corporate HR role. Yeah. Doing what you do now, would you say it fits? Is it more like a business partnering? Which which of the roles would you say it's more? Similar? I think it's, it's a uh, between a uh, business partner and a director because we deal on two levels. I do on strategic and I do almost what I would call a transactional kind yeah. of. So the support is, you know, they might want to, like, for instance, you know, I've just set up a, a small a, a trader um, there in the in the kind of uh, building trade and I've just set them up. But they're just taking on their first client, uh, first employee and so had to deal with you know the recruitment side, the uh, contract and employee handbook, terms and conditions, and all the different bits and pieces and forms and managing them and induction and all that. So I've done all that for yeah. them and kind of got them educated and given them all the support. Now they'll run free and for a while. Yeah. Until, but you know because they're on a ret- as a retained client, they can pick up the phone or email me or yeah. whatever. And because then I've become the support. Yeah. But then as they start growing, there'll be more strategic stuff coming through to say, look, my business is changing. What do I do with this now? How do I do this? You know, then performance reviews will come in and how can I do this better? Yes. Then the benefits start rolling in. So that's one, one kind of client. Time, yeah. The other clients, other side of the clients are where they've grown quite a bit. They've done things on their own and they've kind of, you know, rumbled on and then they find that, you know, they want to do it correctly. They want to be compliant. They maybe have had issues where suddenly they've had, a, you know, an employee issue and they need somebody. Yes. And then they think, ah, I need somebody with yeah. HR. So they come to me quite often. That's the route they come. Yeah. And so we deal with whatever the employee issue is, whether it's something to do with legal or it could be, you know, they just want somebody to hear a disciplinary appeal or a, you know, a grievance appeal or whatever it is. Because being a small company, they might have run after people to actually listen and carry out yeah. the different stages. So you know, it happens there. But then from there, it could then come out that they obviously haven't got any real support in HR. And because the way I do the work, then they said, of being a can we talk for a long time? So you've term. built the trust, really, then, haven't you? Trust. And you've shown the value, exactly. and then they just naturally exactly. want to progress. Exactly. Uh, sometimes it happens that they will just come because they've grown to a point and they are very astute in the way they're doing business and they know that they've got to a stage where they, they really should be having HR as part of their, their makeup because a lot of the times, mm. also, if they're going for any accreditations or whatever, they would be asked, you know, with health and safety and whatever. They'll say, right, who's doing your HR? Um, yeah. Who's your accountant? And so yeah. on. They need to produce all that stuff. So, so what you're but that's I was just thinking actually consolidating what you've just talked about there. So you're almost identifying the pain points that your potential yeah, clients exactly. would have. They are all as to why the pain they would points. choose because uh, you know there are small businesses who won't take on a retained HR person. No, no, they won't. They, so you're saying it's, it's things like accreditations where they've got to, they've got a form, or they maybe they're going for a big tender or something exactly, like that. But you've got exactly. to go and demonstrate. And they, they will say, good right, processes. we need that. But you know, you or it's issues as well. A number of my clients are ones who know that, or, or quite often, you know, my my kind of introducers are business coaches as well. 
Because where a business coach has gone into a company and say they've got 20 people in the company, but yeah. they, you know, I don't look at their profit margins or anything. I look at the number of employees. Yeah. And they've got probably 15, 20 employees. They're doing very well. But this now started to shoot up and they're growing and they've got a really great, you know, opportunity to grow for the next five years. The business coach has come on board and it's all hunky dory, but they haven't got anything as far as the people are concerned. Yeah. And so business coach says, you need HR. Yes. And so then that's how I come in. Yeah. Quite often my introducers could be an accountant. Yeah. Because accountants, again, will have the similar kind of clients that I have, where, again, they might have, you know, one or two people Mm. or, you know, 20 or 30 people. They've been rumbling along and then suddenly... They think they need HR. The sort of natural step So up. it's natural. It's the same, it's only the same thinking as you're saying, um, outsource the things you can't do yourself, exactly, right? So exactly. And so suddenly, you know, the penny drops that, look, we concentrate on the business. And one of the things that I've survived, we've survived in, you know, some real tough times and grown is the fact that, you know, you have to think about what you're bringing to the party, as it were. Mm. What's my contribution mm. to my client? And it's always been, and it, it's not really a buzzword. It is about keeping it simple. Yeah. You know. I'm actually, talking, I was going to ask you why you're called uh, Plain, plain Talking, talking HR. HR. So that, that's well, me, yeah. Well, actually got the name because she said, I hated jargon. She mm-hmm. hated jargon. I hate jargon. We're of the old mm. kind of school where, you know, keep it simple. Yes. You know, if somebody has to ask you the question, when you explain something and somebody says, does that, you just said something, does that mean la, 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 la? Or this, when this is what you meant. Yeah. You lost them already. Mm. And, you know, quite often we're all very good at jargon because we think that, oh, everybody wants to hear how clever we are. That's not the case. The case is... Really, you're there to help that individual, that company, that client think about their pain, think about what they want to know and keep it simple because they understand. They don't want to know how clever you are. They just want you to sort out their issues, their yes. problems. So you keep it. Uh, they don't want to know how clever they you are. You have to be. You <laughs> just, know, you just, just, just make exactly, it go away. You, you've got to get into their brain and think about what they're thinking about and actually you're a supplier. So what they want to know is how quickly you can supply. Mm-hmm. How much will it cost? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be of value? Mm-hmm. And does it fit in with what I do and with my business? So you have to actually think about how you're going to fit in with their culture. If it's something that really um, doesn't sit right with you, walk away. Yep. Please do, which I do. Mm-hmm. You know, And luckily, it's only big two or three. Two or three clients so far where I've said, no, thank you, but I don't think it will work. Yeah. And I've just walked away. Or they've come on board and then I think, no, this is not working. And I've just said, sorry, but I will not put my name to something that you're going to do, which I don't agree with, which I don't feel comfortable with. So thank you. It's about your professionalism and and integrity. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But again, that loops back to you saying from the start, having real clarity about who you are and what you stand for. Yeah. And, you know, I'm here to help, to help my client, to make sure that they're compliant, to make sure that they have a good um, company culture and the, and it's a fair kind of relationship between the employer and the employees. So they're treating their employees fairly 
the employees know that the employer is fair, so they're both working together, and I make it happen with all the things that I, I kind of mentor, whoever it is at whatever levels. Quite often it's a mentoring kind of, say, an office manager or a, like an HR business partner or somebody mm -hmm. like that, and mentoring the MD or the business owner. So you're, are you sometimes, there's lots of things to ask, actually, you know, if from an HR consultant point mm -hmm. of view, going yeah. into it, what would you say the sort of sweet spot is about size of company in terms of people? Because it would be people. Uh, well, people. So I, I, would, I would look at anybody who wants, who's got maybe one or two people to about 150, I reckon. Mm -hmm. 200 pushing it a bit because after that people will bring the HR function in-house. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you ever end up working with in-house HR I do. as well? I, I have actually worked with supporting them. Yes. In, so it's I've almost like that. They're the, in, they are the, the <laughs> HR department of one. So yeah. again, they need someone they to need, help get stuff done. They need. Or quite often, um, we've actually, one of the companies that we did, we helped with um, a long time ago, and they just brought in a graduate who had the HR you know, qualification, but they had no, no work experience yeah. at all. So then we kind of trained them up and the company was growing really fast. So then, you know, we, we said, well, when we actually took them on board, there were about 300 plus employees. But because it was manufacturing, it was food production, it wasn't too bad because they had some systems in place which they were sorting out. But they didn't have anything to do with HR and they were having a whole lot of stuff. So we, we put in we put in about a year's worth of training the HR. Quite a smart way of doing things that for them, actually, I'm thinking. Yeah, and it was. Yeah. And we trained them, but we trained the, the uh, management, we trained the supervisors and put a whole lot of things in place. Yes. And got them up and running, and then you know, well, made went. yourselves dispensable, but in, them to in help a way. Them but then I think it's like anything else, isn't it? In life, that you have to think about, you know, you can't hold on to everything. You can't hold on to anyone. It's like even in the corporate world, you know, when you bring a new person on board, you you can't hold on to them. You know, you know that they're going to be with mm. you for two or three years, but at that time, those three years are precious. That. You teach them, you mentor them, you develop them, you grow them. Absolutely. Because that's when you've done your job. And no, then yeah. they're going to go away, but that's fine. But in the same ilk, you're going to get somebody who's already had that when you're recruiting, you know, experienced people. Guess where that experience yeah. come from? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's a very credible way of doing things, isn't it? It's often if a consultant's coming in and they are... They're clearly not just creating work for themselves. They are help. They are genuinely putting your your, your what is in the best interest of the client, yeah, exactly. and, and you're putting in place a strategy. Um, That's how you get your extra recommendations, exactly. isn't it? And and my my ethos is you know it, it you know integrity is is vital, and the way I do business is look you know what you see is what you get. It's simple, straightforward, practical, pragmatic. I'm not here to to you know get money out of you on the false pretenses. I'm only here to help you. Uh, I'd love it to be a good relationship, mm -hmm. which is, you know, with all my clients, it's a good relationship. And mm -hmm. uh, we grow, we, we, we develop together. And, you know, everybody's happy. And at the end of the day, you know, that's what we're there for to make sure that, you know, our clients are compliant. We do our job as, as professionals. That's what happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so 
in terms of, I suppose, the last five minutes of where we're up to, you've got 10 years experience Mm -hmm. here and I'm sure not everything went plain sailing. No, Um, of course it didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So which learnings would you say, or how could you help other people avoid mistakes that maybe you've... Number one, I would say definitely uh, understand your market and don't be, uh, you know, sort of available for everything and everybody. Uh, At the same time, really, really understand what kind of clients you want. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have a small, you know, you just have a medium size or a large size. It just means understanding what is it that you, what are you doing for your clients and what kind of clients are going to be the ones who will get the best out of your service. So, yeah. uh, number one. Number two, I would say that definitely, um, things that I would, I would, I wouldn't work on the business too long. Just go for outsourcing as much as I can in the first year or so, a couple of years, just start outsourcing. One thing at value, value, value. And look at your own, um, uh, your, your company culture. Look at your, you know, what does it, what makes you tick? And make sure that you have got the right kind of, um, ethos and ethics out as your clients. So company culture is really important. It's important to me, but it's also important that you understand your client's company culture. And quite often we have in the very beginning, um, I have worked with a couple of couple of clients because they were paying money. And this was right at the beginning when we started. And both Bronwyn and I said after that, we are not going to take clients on we're not feeling comfortable with just because they're going to pay money. Yeah. And we haven't done that since, and I haven't done it since. And so you've got to have the confidence almost to trust your and, and the trust and yeah. the confidence in ourselves and mm-hmm. the value that we bring to the client. Yeah. Uh, but also, you know, it, it's, it goes against the grain when you know that the individual's ethics or morals aren't the same as yours or the standards. You know, your standard has to be one that you've, you can live with and you can sleep at night. Mm. And quite often, they were, we had uh, two or three clients, and I just felt it was just awful. So just walk Choose away. Choose your customers, yeah. Choose your customers, yeah. and you know. And the thing is that you don't have to you don't have to hide the truth because it's always there. You don't have to pretend because it's always there. Either people will like you or people won't, and no matter what you do, either way, it's not going to get swayed. So you might as well just. Stay with what you feel comfortable with and what you what your true selves are. And that's good, it. good advice. It's being congruent, isn't it, with who you are? And then my final questions, I guess, would be: and as, what's the worst thing about the role, and what's the best thing about the role? We'll, we'll finish the, on the positive. Yeah, the worst thing is obviously the money. Obviously, it, it's not you know the the first time. My pay used to be on the fifteenth of each month, and suddenly the first fifteen after that, I'm thinking. There's no money dropping in that bank account. So that's one. The, the actual variability. The variability. Of it, it so, yeah, yeah. You, you have to do your own budgeting and everything else. Um, support. It's very important to surround yourself with the right people in everything, uh, with all the different services. So, again, you know, get used to that. That is a downfall in a way because if you don't do that, you are going to be running around like a headless chicken, yeah. number one. Number two, uh, 
That's and, being spread too thin, isn't it? It was one of the things. And, and, and yeah. And, and, you know, until you get used to how it all works and how it falls in place, yeah, it, it, it is difficult. And the loneliness, it can be yeah. at times. If, if you're working for a large company and suddenly you come out and you're on your own in the back bedroom of your house or you've got a, you know, a managed office somewhere in a big building, you're still on your own. So that could be some people, you know, hate that. Um, the best thing is obviously, for instance, you know, I can, I can kind of wake up in the morning whenever I want to, more or less. I can go wherever I want to. Um, I've already marked up that on this Friday, I've got, I'm finishing work at three o'clock in the afternoon. Now, okay, I can do that with, when, uh, in either in the corporate world, but quite likely. Then I would have to think about how am I going to make up for that time, and or feel guilty, or you know you might. Be, but it's a freedom, isn't it? Your time is your freedom. own. So you you could decide to go and do the work you're going to do then at the weekend if you want to. You don't exactly. have to ask permission. Exactly, yeah. it doesn't it, it doesn't restrict me to the nine to five or any other thing. And I know that now it's so easy for everybody to work. But I I just feel that it it is a freedom of decision making. It's a freedom of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a freedom of um, a confidence and a freedom of just being your boss, yeah. your own boss. And I said something, and, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I know I said it was last last question, but I'll switch it a little bit of a question. I said there's something about the right personality for something like this, so you need yes. to actually be comfortable yeah. um, with that level of freedom because that Correct. also with that becomes responsibility to choose to right, do the right things. You have to have the confidence to go out and talk to people and, and work yeah, proportionately yes. on and in your business. So, it, it, so I just, it's, it's not not every it's not everybody's cup no, of tea, is it? It's no, because it of that. And and to be honest, you know, as I said, we are not good at everything, and that means that number of times you have to be really really honest with yourself and say, you know, quite often. Um, I don't have a problem in walking in a in 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 a room full of other other in a, in a networking event. Mm -hmm. I can walk up to anybody and say hello. Um, if somebody needs to ring up somebody in you know, a client to say, by the way, we haven't been paid. Um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Whereas Roman used to, mm -hmm. you know, she they play to your strengths there. Or again, and, yeah. and and I didn't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. I just ring them up nicely and whatever. Mm -hmm. So. A number of things are, you know, we are good at, but other things we might not be. So this is where you have to really be honest with yourself to say, okay, you know, you might, if, if you're good at developing business and building business, that's fine. Um, and you know your stuff in HR and you know the legislation, you know how to kind of, you know, work on that. But at the same time, if you don't have any other kind of uh, attributes which mm. makes a good business person, then quite likely I think think twice and maybe go for another role in the corporate world. Yeah. You know, I, I actually, funny enough, I do a lot of mentoring and I a lot of times I say to people, look, if you've got any issues, give me a call. I'd much rather, you know, you spend five, ten minutes with me uh, uh, rather than jumping yeah. and then find, oh, my God, what have I done? Yeah. Funny enough, I've got a lady coming tomorrow to see me who wants to be an HR consultant, 
they got put in touch with me by somebody I've known for a long time and they said, go and talk to Bina, she'll tell you whether you should be a consultant yeah. or not. So I'm just talking to this young lady coming to see me tomorrow. Yeah, that makes sense, yes, because there's, whether there's personality, whether there's experience, and I suppose there are some franchises out there aren't yeah, there, where people maybe get a little bit more support, but you've done it completely on your... No, well, it is all independent, yeah. it's a one-off. Yeah, good for you. Well, we'll wrap up now because um, yeah. we've been chatting for a while. So uh, I just wanted to say it's lovely to see you again. No, Bina. lovely. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very for much for being part of me. Absolutely. And it was great to have you on. And what we'll do in terms of your networking, so we have show notes on each episode and then yeah. show notes on the HR Uprising webpage, which yeah. is easily accessible. So we'll put your details mm-hmm. on. Uh, I'm sure you'd encourage people to grow your network, LinkedIn and tweet Definitely. you. Lovely. Definitely. Thank you very much, Bina. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the HR Uprising podcast. You can access more information, including resources or links mentioned in the show at our website, www.hruprising.com. Also, you might want to join our LinkedIn community or tweet to us at HR Uprising. We'd love to hear from you.